Welcome back to the Young Adults for Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Christ centrality, so centering our lives on Christ, mm-hmm. and then the impact of social media within that space. Nice. And who do I have with me, you ask? Well, <laughs> I guess you know. It's uh, Brett France again. Uh, thanks for having me on with you, Seb. I uh, hear that there are some young people listening from our church who said, Seb, I want to be on the podcast. Yeah. So w- when are we getting them on? As quick as possible, I guess. We've got to figure that one out. Yeah. We'll figure out times. I remember you saying something we should do, like a couch sessions. Yes. Where we put like a couch out and yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I think a couch session would be really cool to have. So we're going to try to figure that out. Nice. In the next, hopefully for the next episode or next episode you're making promises now hey i mean the next episode is only two weeks away so fair your brother these weeks roll by quickly <laughs> but know, also i i back you to pull it off so yeah. and also i feel like december we could um if people are in town uh like the church stuff will be slowed down you won't have youth on a friday night yeah. young adults on a wednesday won't be happening uh we'll be down to just a 9 a.m service so we could probably start having a bit more fun like a uh, start recording um, for a few episodes over yeah. December, and we can, I think, we can prepare maybe a, a few months in advance because we have a bit of extra free time. Yeah, we say that now, but like by the time December rolls around, I'm so tired that I just like zonk out. And I don't even think maybe it's not the tiredness. I think it's like December's not as quiet as we think it's going to be. Yeah. Because now we're on leave. We think, or not on leave, but like reduced work. We think, yeah. Okay. Life's going to quieten down. I can spend more time with Jesus. I can spend more time with like doing things I want to do. Yeah. But the things I want to do become like overpowering on, on the how much time I actually have. So like <laughs> where I think I've got three weeks to do whatever I want. Yeah. And three weeks goes like this. <laughs> and yeah. back at work. Back at work. But I am looking forward to the season quietening down. Um, Because like you said, one of those opportunities that gives you is to kind of lean into God a bit more. I guess that speaks into the topic for today is uh, Christ's centrality in our lives and what does that look like. Um, So maybe if you've got like a a thought around that for you, Seb, what does having Christ, what is a Christ-centered life? Or when we say Christ centrality, what do we mean? So I think for me, a Christ-centered life looks like an uh, I'm not going to say my view is the only view, yeah. but it looks like a life where you bring Christ into situations before the situation. So okay. instead of, so instead of going into a situation and then afterwards asking Christ to speak into it, bring Christ in before the situation happens if possible. Okay. So I don't know, let's bring in a relationship because it's easier or even a friendship, bring a, bring Christ into that friendship before meaning that the friendship is centered on Christ okay so the same with life I guess yeah bring Christ into your day before your day happens so that whatever happens in the day Christ is with you with through it that's nice yeah so because I think a lot of us yeah decide to once a situation has happened like then Let's ask Christ what He would do. Let's let's bring God into this. Yeah, scene. like we have hindsight in our yeah. things. That's good. I've I've got a, de- a definition here. So a Christ-centric centered life is one that is focused upon a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord. And so, like that's a nice big bucket statement yeah. that then flows into everything else. So, like what you're saying. So Jesus Christ is Lord. Therefore, I submit all things to Him before they've happened, when they're happening, and after they've happened. Yeah. 
and um, his lordship rules over everything. And like you, I think, guess it kind of almost comes down to the sense of motivation. So a Christ-centered life means that Christ is your motivation for your life. Other people might have, um, you know, the quest for pleasure as their uh, motivating thing, or maybe you know um, their life goals, or their job, or even their families. Yeah. And you know, those aren't all bad things. But if you know, if those are the only things motivating you. It's a chance that they'll fail you, you'll be let down, your life will come crashing around you. Whereas a Christ-centered life is a life that really can't be rocked by the storm because we're centered on Christ who is forever lasting. He was, is, and still is to come. And so whatever happens around me, I'm centered on Christ and I continue on within my family, within my goals, within my um, job, within, you know, enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me or didn't remind me, but I mean, I've, I've heard it said very similar, but in a more practical way, I think, for for us as humans, because I think, or us as fleshly beings, should I say, um, because it's it was a question that's asked to us, what does your list look like? Mm. like what's at the top of your list? What's at the top of, like, what structures you? Mm. And I heard a, a pastor say it once that, like, that list is great, but Jesus needs to be the page you write that list on. Mm, that's good. And like that, that sat with me since I heard that, because we've all got a list with what we want to achieve in in life. Yeah. But if we are able to write that list on a Christ back, like a backing of Christ, mm. we're gonna, even if we can't tick off the thing that's on the top, we're still gonna hold structure. Yeah, that's good. Whereas if we back, if we back our list on that first that first goal at the top of our list mm. and we don't achieve it the whole list falls away yeah yeah but if we back it on christ we've still got two till ten <laughs> so. yeah that's good and we're able to still have that structure so i think that goes back to like building that building your foundation on christ being mm. him being the cornerstone yeah and that that is christ showing us i mean i think of the parables and i think of the parable of the the rock and I don't know if it's called the rock yeah but where where the cross is build your mm. build your house on the rock rather than on the beach yeah so that when the winds come when the rains come mm. it will not be moved yeah that's good and that's a parable about building your life on Christ so yes if we can center our lives on Christ we won't be shaken in those hard times yeah that, that are unfortunately going, going to, to happen yeah we we're not going to live an easy life it's mm. like it's not if you're living an easy life i mean <laughs> good for you can you teach me how to do it because <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately life happens and it yeah. becomes difficult whether we want it to or not so yeah. Yeah. yeah i think i remember I'm, I'm reminded of what um tim keller writes in one of his many books can't remember which one it's Count of Guards, I think. He speaks of how our hearts are idol machines. And so we were, we were created to worship. We were created in the image of God, all human beings. And like religion, in any sense, Christian, whatever other religions are out there, are all man's attempt. Well, I guess not Christianity if you're following Jesus. But like religion is man's attempt to get to God uh, because we were designed to worship. And so we will worship things. Even atheists worship stuff, you know, so money, power, sex, rock and roll, whatever. You know, there's something that is driving you and that is the thing you worship. 
and yeah. because God made us to worship Him. And so I think yeah, that, that's where Christ-centered life comes in is we, we worship Christ as Lord over all things. And then everything else falls into its rightful place of what we need to have. And so even a comfortable life, if it's, it's probably a comfortable life because you've come to realize that chasing whatever the world is chasing isn't worth it because, you know, you've got Christ. And, uh, with it, and that's what Paul says where he has much or little he's learned to be content in the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think a Christ-centered life really is just that. It looks like a content person. It looks like someone who is unshaken. It looks like someone who brings all things before God and requests before they even know they're going to happen. It's a life that is walking with Jesus, a life that is full of his presence. And people often, they'll know what you worship well they'll know what it is you know yeah. in you because they'll know what you worship if you love man united and all you do is talk about man united no one needs to know which soccer team you talk, you or football exactly, team you support yeah. because you clearly support them and i'm not saying people base their lives on them but like it's a clear thing yeah. that that's the thing that is a massive part in your life and so a christ-centered life i would hope that everyone knows i'm a christian that i am a follower of christ because i talk about him I talk about his, his like why he motivates me how he's changed my life and I worship him and I love him if people don't know that my life my, if people didn't know I was a Christian they're like oh you're a Christian I'm probably not that Christ-centered yeah. you know and I think that goes back to I think it's two podcasts ago the yeah. one where we spoke about mission like mm. where like we need to be able to to put ourselves away Mm. and try and show more Jesus. Yeah. And I think that takes me straight to like a, a verse on that, and it's Luke yeah. 9, 23, where it says, And he said to all, if anyone, if anyone comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily mm. and follow me. Yes. So like we need to be able to say goodbye, Sebastian, goodbye, Brett, hello, Jesus, every morning mm, so good and when we go out remember that we're carrying our cross yeah we picked it up and we're now walking alongside christ and being ambassadors yeah of him in that space wherever we are it's good and like he's going to be he's going to bring fruit out of any situation it it might be a bad situation we think but he turns evil into good mm. so like we need to, as long as we are able to keep our lives centered on him around him wake up go to him for food yeah we'll be able to 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 weather the storm mm. like it says in that parable we spoke about yeah a few minutes ago now that's good bro and i, I think we also like a, a, a um i read this in an article um, that I have open in front of me here from uh, God Questions, the place I reference every time we come here, because <laughs> they have ans the God Questions. They've got answers. They should have called yeah. that. <laughs> they've got answers. Patenting that right now. Yeah, yeah. Answers. Let's get it. We've got answers, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just basically link people people back to God Questions because go. it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's make me laugh. But um, the something they said which I really enjoyed was that they said the secret to living a christ-centered life is understanding the fear of the lord 
and they reference Psalms 19.9 and Proverbs 16.6. And they say, The fear of the Lord is the continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, or do. Those who live Christ-centered lives have developed a tangible awareness of the presence of Jesus. And that's Matthew 28.20. And so, like, I think sometimes, you know, we we live in this, uh, in a in a culture at the moment um, where freedom and the right to do as you please is the highest level of like wokeness or the highest level of freedom. But that can't be true because we still have limitations in every area of life. Like there can't be such a thing as total freedom because disgusting things, things that are clearly against the law would then be allowed. You know, so there's always, there's a level of what we allow and don't allow. And so like currently we're saying, well, within those levels, you do you, live your life, blah, 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 which isn't true because if Christ is the king of the world and my life is centered around him, I have to do what he tells me to do. Mm. I have to obey and live in connection with him and his teachings and all that he he's called me to obey. That's Matthew 28, 18 as well, teaching them. I mean, that's what they've referenced here, teaching them um, to observe all that I have commanded you. So we don't just go out with a great commission, baptize people and say, as you were, we teach them to follow the commands of Christ. And how do you do that? By being in communion with Jesus every day of your life, what you were describing. And so that's what a Christ-centered life looks like. It's a life that is following the commands of Jesus, doing exactly what he's told us to do. And how do we do that? Because that's a very tall ask. Well, we live in communion with him and open our hearts to him day in and day out. We submit to all that he is. Yeah, and I think, like, was it? was it Pastor Richard this past Sunday where he said like there's there's always that door we kind of have where we don't allow Jesus into yeah and like we need to be able we need to say to ourselves that door is open to him too yeah it doesn't matter how much all of me yeah I think actually going back to um, Dave Myberg one of his sermons from a couple years back I remember him talking on on that whole let Jesus into the doors into all the doors of your life situation and he brought it he he brought it to a very practical space yeah. of saying like when you have people over he used himself and he's got two two young girls yeah and he said when he has people over to his house and he tells the girls to clean up and the girls go clean up they just put it all in their room <laughs> so the house looks fine and then but these people haven't been to his new house yet mm. or to your new house yeah, yet. yeah. and you could take them on a little escort of the house and the girls' doors or the kids' doors closed, and they're like, "What's in there?" And you're like, "Well, that's the kids, the kids' room." And you don't want to open it because yeah. it's a mess in there. Yeah. And you don't want to show these new people. And he said, "But Jesus works in that space too. Mm. Like He wants to be part of our mess, yeah. so He wants to go into that door. Yeah, and He'll keep knocking. And we've just we've got to be open to opening the door. Yeah, and because He's the one who's going to help us clean it up. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We can't do it ourselves." That we can't cl- I can't clean up my mess. My mess is is a bit much for myself to even clean up sometimes. So I can also just picture you with a messy room, Seb, I'll be honest. I do have a messy room, I won't <laughs> lie. My father can attest to that. <laughs> but yeah, it's I think Jesus wants to be in those spaces because he wants to help us through it. And if we allow him to be in our lives and we center him on our lives, he will be able to help us into mm. in those spaces, those messy spaces, those spaces where we don't want other people to be. Yeah. But 
if we allow Jesus in, those spaces become cleaner and then we become more, what's the wording? We become more like accepting to more people, like people we walk in life with to That's come good. into those spaces and help us. Yeah, because I, again, like, um, oh man, I, I, th- I think this was attributed to C.S. Lewis, but you know, I'm just one beggar showing another beggar where to find food, yeah. you know, uh, and genuinely like, my life is messy, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to tell everyone on a podcast my whole mess, but, like, if you're doing life with me, yeah. you know, you'll know where there are areas in my life where I fall short. And that's okay because in that space where I am weak, there Christ is strong. Yes. You know, that's what we read. So, like, let's therefore let our weaknesses be seen to those that we uh, trust and who are close to us because it is in that space that we get to glorify God and then I can be let into your mess and together now I know what to pray for and I know how to love you better and help move you towards Christ but if our lives aren't centered on Christ of course I'm not going to let you into my messy room uh, the messy parts of my heart that I don't want anyone to see because I'm the center of my life or my pride is the center of my life. And so that stops you from knowing what a broken person I am or my money is the center of my life. And that shows you, you know, I've got credit card debt and I don't want you to know. Yeah, I'm just making stuff up here, you know, but like, but if Christ is center, the the center of our lives, fair game. Yeah. Like come and have a look and let's figure out how to love Jesus more as we go on this road. Exactly. And I think that's the beauty of a, of fellowship under Christ is Mm. that because he's the center the walls fall. Yeah. And without those walls, I think, like, friendships, relationships mm. become so much, not easier, but more more open, which means that they, they're more fruitful. Yeah. Because, I mean, talking about relationships being centered on Christ, like, I know that my friends who are not Christian, not all my friends that are not Christian, mm. but some of them, they, they hide, not hide but they don't speak about everything like that's happened in their past that's happened like to them financially whether it be financial whether mm. it be in other relationships they don't speak about it with with their significant other yeah which means there's always this not animosity but sort of animosity between them there's a there's a not a non-understanding of your past yeah I say whereas like a, a christ-centered relationship because Christ is there, you're, you're willing to open up to that person. You're willing to mm. say, look, with my, last, um, with my last girlfriend, I struggled with lustful thoughts over her, for instance. Like, I'm being open about that now because I don't want that to affect us going forward. Mm. Whereas previously, like in a not my, for myself even, in a non-Christian relationship, like, I know I would never have said that to, to my girlfriend. Yeah. I would have just put it in the back and it would have been at my issue and it would have stemmed into the into the current relationship mm. but I would have never allowed my significant mm. other to understand that yeah so Christ brings us to a space of vulnerability with other believers with mm. other significant people within our lives mm. like you were saying which means that we're going to have more fruitful relationships we're going to have relationships mm. that are that are going to hopefully going to last because we center that relationship on Christ not mm. on ourselves so it's a good cornerstone mm. center good. so we are able to build a house or a friendship mm. or a relationship around Christ nice. and the insides is messy mm. every house has a mess in it Yeah. but with Christ that mess is glorified Yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah. But I think, I think we we kind of landed where, where where Christ centered Christ centered life is. Yeah. I I don't want to say it's the only way to get there, but it's hmm. it's it's a it's a good path to walk. Yeah. It's in your Bible. It's in community. Yeah. Um. And so I think now I've had the privilege of of seeing this in my own life. Yeah. Where I was on social media, I left social media. And like I, I, I realized the impact that social media did play on that Christ-centered life. Okay. So, I, I think for me, a little backstory is, we, we went into the global pandemic and we were all on social media. I was on social media. Yeah. I had Facebook. I had Instagram. I had, I don't know what other social media <laughs> they are, but I had them. I probably had them. Yeah. And we went into the global pandemic. And we got locked down here in South Africa. We got put into our houses for. I think it was five weeks, eh? yeah. five and a bit weeks, yeah. and like everyone went in, or at least my the Christian community around me went in and said, "Oh, we're going to spend so much time with Jesus. We don't have anything else to do. It's going to be so great." But I think in that first two three weeks, we realized, hold on, Instagram, Netflix, mm. like these these are all places we we ran to instead of going to Jesus, and I. I think I came to the realization within that through through different situations that happened throughout through through that lockdown came to the realization that social media was a really bad influence over over my relationship with Christ and and was bringing me more anxiety than it was giving me like a like that peace that we were mm. searching for. Yeah. So I I made the decision to get off social media as a whole. I ended Facebook, I ended Instagram. And I, I kind of cold turkey did, which was it wasn't easy. I won't lie, but it was it was a space where I was I then allowed Christ to come into those those extra two three hours a day that we were spending mm. on on social media, and I think I saw fruit within my own my own relationship with Christ. I could feel I felt a lot closer. So I think I the reason I know that social media does impact our relationship with Christ and our Christ centered lives. Is because I've been there, I've I've walked that path of mm. of leaving social media behind me, and giving that extra time to Christ, yeah. allowing Him into that space yeah. instead of the social media. So I think that's why, I, and I think from your side, mm-hmm. you're still on social media. You're still yeah. on Instagram. You're still maybe you no, you're old. You're on Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Hectic, but, but yes. I mean, no, because at youth, like, if we mention Facebook, they're like, Oh, my word. Yeah, you got to be on TikTok to get yeah, to exactly. the youth. So, like, you're, you're still on social media. Yeah. How do you see the social media impacting, if you see the social media impacting yeah. on your relationship with Christ? Do you, do you find it an issue? And if so, like, mm. how, would, how would you recommend people moving forward because I don't think the way I did it works for everyone well it's a good question because I think um, so not only is social media say a time waster but like I could be wasting let's say I go on Instagram for half an hour when I wake up um, which I don't by the way but uh, <laughs> I, I mean I did for a while but it just made me super bleak with life but um, let's say I went into social media for half an hour when I woke up um and then still had an hour quiet time after that. Like that's, you know, it's not like social media or Instagram in itself is evil. 
you yeah. know, and was I going to give that half hour to Jesus so I was going to have an hour and a half quiet time instead of an hour quiet time? Maybe not in this hypothetical situation. Yeah. I was going to just, I don't know, water my plants and faff around, make another coffee in the kitchen, like that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So it, it, I think there's there's one side of the argument where it says like, well, I'm not actually, the time that I give up on social media, I'm not going to give to God anyway. So therefore, I can keep going. Because um, I think you've done a fantastic um, uh, like, um, example of what you could do by giving up social media and leaning into Christ more. Yeah. So to anyone who's saying, oh, but I wouldn't give more time to Christ anyway, um, I think that's silly. I look at your life and I think that's awesome the way you've done that. I think the, on the other side of, of the coin is the social media is essentially a playground for my idols mm. to get watered or for me to put them out there, right? And so what I mean by that, going back to Tim Keller's quote about like um, our hearts are idol factories, we were made to worship. So social media, either I can worship myself and I'm putting my stuff out there, look at me, creating fans, creating followers, creating subscribers, yeah. all this stuff. Um, I'm going after likes, I'm going after engagement, I'm looking at the algorithm, you know, to get me out there, my brand. Uh, well, then, you know, your idol is you and yeah. your pride. And, and so the, in, in that sense, social media is stealing from Jesus Christ, who should be the center of our lives um, as a Christ follower. So therefore you say, okay, cool, well, I'll just switch it across and make Jesus the center of everything I post. Fine, and like go for it, but like I think, um, and, I, and then you'll put it under the guise of um, evangelism. But I'll say that's fine. That is definitely an avenue of evangelism. But evangelism happens when you're in someone's life, when you see them as a person, yes. when you see them as the the God created gloriousness that is in front of you. And so, if your Instagram and Facebook and stuff is all all about God and it points you to conversations with people and people coming to faith, fan. Fantastic, but I don't think that happens very much. Yeah. And then I think on the in, in that same vein, so social media can be me promoting myself, which is me worshiping myself, or it can flip it around and um, it's actually a depressor because I look at the life that my friends have and I don't have, but we forget that it's a curated life. Yeah. Obviously, I'm only going to post my highlights. Like I'm not going to post the random walk I took from here to my car. But I will post that wonderful view as I came up around the mountain. You know, but I was there one for like one minute of my yeah, life. Exactly. But now people think that's what I do with my whole life. And actually I had this happen to me. <laughs> so I, I went with Marilyn uh, for our two year anniversary. We stayed at this beautiful place called Cliffhanger Cottage just outside Neisner. Um, and it was our two-year anniversary. We hadn't done anything for our first-year anniversary because we were in lockdown. So, like, I just took taken the savings from that from that anniversary and just kept saving, and so managed to like spend a really beautiful two nights in this place that was just fantastic. And I mean, we'd I've been away for two weeks. It was a long holiday, and I'd posted here and there about what we were doing on Instagram. But then when we got to this place, it was phenomenal. The view, the little cottage we were in. There was a wood-fired hot tub. Bro, my, my my social media stories were pumped full of this thing. But it was for two days. Yeah. I get back from leave, and everyone is like, "My word, where were you? That place was stunning. I can't believe you got to be there for so long." And I was like, "I was there from like." 
I wasn't even there for two full days because check-in was 2 p.m. Then we had all the way through to 2 p.m. the next day, but then we had to check out 10 a.m. the next day. You know, yeah. so it wasn't even <laughs> 48 hours. Um, and I was like, oh, I was only there for a couple of days. Like, oh, your, you know, your social media made it look like you were there the whole time. Yeah. You know, and I realized I've curated a part of my life to put out there to say, look at this place. It's so kiff. And people are receiving that. And now it's impacting their view of me, their view of themselves. And in, in that arena, social media is just stealing joy. They're looking at my life and thinking, oh, I wish I could live that life like yeah. Brett. And I'm like, I was there for two days. It was phenomenal. And I wish you could have it as well. But then I'm going on social media and looking at my friends in the Maldives and thinking, oh, I wish I was in the Maldives. You know, <laughs> like, it's just, it steals joy. And so I think um, to come back to your question, how do, like, how do you do it well? It's like, it's, um, again, our hearts are idol factories. So how do I enjoy food? I love food. But if I make food the center of my whole life, I'll be unhealthy. I'll, I'll um, waste my money and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I moderate it. You know, I treat my body well as, <laughs> as well as I can. I'm by no means a health ex expert here. But I moderate the food I have and I curate the food that I put into my body. In the same way, social media can be moderated and curated. So I don't follow, I don't know, uh, crazy beautiful fitness woman because yeah. that doesn't do that that doesn't do well for my heart my heart i only want to have eyes for Marilyn, and but social media realizes i'm a young white dude and so it just gives me young white woman to look at and i'm like no stop it <laughs> like algorithm go away because they're trying to trap me they want me to keep scrolling yeah. and they know that scientifically that's what guys will keep scrolling at and so um, Marilyn has full access to my social media. If she sees stuff on there, you know, that search bar, yeah. you know, she like, and I've missed it or I've, you know, done something uh, wrong or maybe I, I'm the, I haven't gone and like gotten rid of it, then Marilyn will delete it for me and say like unlike or unfollow or yeah. um, what's it, I'm not interested in this, whatever that is. And she has full access to do that, full reign. Mm. Um, and, um, and I have likewise for her, but it, basically her Instagram feeds just puppies doing cute things. <laughs> no, legit. Really. And now my Instagram is becoming more and more that, and I love it as well. Um, I think I need to change. Go back onto Instagram. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, right? Like it, you can curate what you have, mm -hmm. and you can choose how much you let it, let it into you. So if you know that you are so good at infinite scrolling and two hours can pass, then put on a timer or like there yeah. are apps out there that will help you do that. Um, your iPhone even does it. Yeah, your iPhone can do it. It says, hey, you've been on for 15 yeah. minutes like, and you always ignore you say one more minute or 15 more minutes. No, or five minutes actually, yeah, exactly. But eventually it does tell you turn off. For the oh, serious. Minutes, so. so you see like there, there, there are ways for us to, to, to learn to do it well because I think of 1 Corinthians 10, 31 here. It's Paul writes, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Yeah. And so social media, Instagram, shame me hitting on Instagram like that's just because I'm too old to be on TikTok. Like, <laughs> it, like it, it's, it's not evil, yeah. but there are evil people who will use it for evil. Yeah. And so, and there are money making machines behind these things that are trying to get you to live on the thing so that it can sell more ads. And you just need to be so aware of that and say, yeah. I am in control, not you Facebook, not you TikTok people. I'm in control of my usage and Christ is the center of my life. And so I will enjoy watching puppy videos for half an hour because it genuinely gives me joy. And then 
Instagram, you can go away because I'm going to go be with my wife. I'm going to go do things that give me life. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to praise God at church. You know, like we can use it well, but when it takes us away from being so focused on God, well, we start to really miss the point. Yeah. And I think one thing I remember from social media, and I think a lot of people have spoken about is Mm -hmm. like the presence of keyboard warriors. (laughs) And like keyboard warriors are there well not there but they they become a negative input into a space where you could maybe be having an enjoyment like for instance that weekend away that you spoke of or those two days away you spoke of if you had had one person oh you live such a nice life you're a pastor how can (laughs) like that would have put a a dampener onto your life and Mm. like it would have maybe not in that situation but it could have sent you into a into like a a mental like riff with yourself for instance bro you're actually hitting the nail on the head because after that I actually said to me I was like I don't know if I can post those kinds of things because it makes people think my life is something that maybe it's not or they yeah. think pastors earn too much money or you know I, I, yeah. all of, I was in my mind I was riffing in my mind about like what do I do yeah, you see, that's not like that's not fair on yourself because you are able to do that you still are able to live life to the fullest even though you are a pastor <laughs> just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you must live like a like i don't know how people think yeah, pastors I, should live i don't know you just live in the studio and yeah. come out to preach and then go back inside and then you live on the church property somewhere and you Look, can't leave the church property property is beautiful it'd be cool to live here I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind living on this church property <laughs> no but, but you're yeah. right like there is this thing like we have to plead poverty yeah and um by all means, like I'm, you know, prosperity gospel, uh, super wealthy pastors. We can definitely talk about that, because there is a level of like, mm. you know, there is a. I, I do believe there's a hundred percent a line, but we're not saying pastors can't live their lives and pastors can't like exactly, yeah. earn money and spend money, you yeah. know. And they're allowed to also rest how we rest. Mm. If we, as as people coming to the church, a pastor can, and we go, for instance, on a weekend away. <laughs> Why can't that pastor also have that yeah. rest? Yeah. He's also a human being. <laughs> he also needs to rest yeah. in a way that's enjoyable for himself. Mm. So yeah, but that's getting off the top now. But I think now. bringing it back though, like in, yeah. this, in this line, you, um, it's still social media. So the people who are looking at my life through my yeah. social media lens, it's stealing joy from their lives. Yes. Because it's they're comparing they are not sure of all that kind of stuff when actually if christ were like in that space if christ were centered you would be like i don't know maybe the correct response is oh man look how blessed their life is you know when i look at my friends in the maldives instead of me getting bleak that i'm not i'm not in the maldives i get to be like yo what a cool experience. Like, no, God exactly. bless them, keep them safe, bring them back to us. Thank you, God, that they got this opportunity because yeah. it's worshipful. And if there is a space where they're abusing it, they are like, you know, through social media, I'm seeing like uh, bad stuff. Then you don't have to worship everything you see on, like, praise God for everything yeah. you see on social media. You can go to that person and be like, as a Christ centered person, I'm coming to you with something I'm not sure of. Like, you know, is that maybe the wisest thing to do? Should you be yeah. posting that? Because Christ-centeredness, my relationship with Jesus, understanding He's Lord over all, is pushing me to engage with you on this as a person instead of being a keyboard warrior. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think while you were talking, something that reminded, like, came up to me when, because you're saying, like, we're only seeing one side of them, mm. 
is like, for, I'm going to use your holiday again as an example. Yeah. On Instagram, you guys went on this holiday and it looks amazing and it was amazing. But people didn't realize like, you saved for two years <laughs> yeah. to get to that because you didn't have your anniversary in 2020 mm. because of COVID. Yeah. And then you didn't have it during, it actually, you didn't have Damn it. June, it was locked down again. Yeah. So 2021 again. Yeah. Because of COVID again. Yeah. But then six months or three months after your mm. anniversary, you happened to be going to Sedgefield. Yeah. On holiday, anyways. And then you were able to take two nights out of that holiday with savings you've saved from two years to go and have this incredible experience. Mm. So everyone thinks, oh, these this pastor's earning so much or this person's earning so much money you can go to such beautiful places but actually behind it all i haven't been on leave for two years i've been saving to go on that leave for yeah, instance yeah so like we're only seeing highlights we're only yeah, seeing, you're seeing the, the highlights of, of my life it's literally like the coolest part yeah. of my life since my honeymoon you know exactly so like we're only seeing that yeah that that the good of people's lives on social media because unfortunately people don't want us to see the bads yeah. so they don't post it on social media so we go on and we're having a bad week we're having a bad day and we see oh, this guy's on holiday again <laughs> oh, this guy's doing this again yeah and we we don't like we just we go into this like slump again yeah and we like oh why is our life not as good as those people's mm. lives but actually those people also have a tough life yeah. They're just not posting it on Instagram. Exactly, thank and you. Because you're only looking at their lives through the lens of social media, you're not like you're not walking with them. So you don't know the difficulties they go mm. through on a daily basis. Yeah. You're only seeing the goods. Yeah. So that's where I think social media also plays a bad impact. We have started to look at people's lives only through social media. Yes. Forgetting that we need to have a relationship with that person sure, so good. to actually understand what's yeah. going on in their lives. And we've kind of morphed what we think of other people's lives to our own lives mm. meaning our lives have become like dulled down in our own brains where we probably <laughs> have just a good of life yeah. as them just we're not open to posting as much of it online yeah. or maybe we are but we don't go as on as many holidays yeah. we go on one big holiday for instance yeah. so i think we need to remember that social media is a lens into someone's life mm. The, and it's, it's, a, a, totally it's a jaded lens. Yeah. It's the nicest part of our lives. Yeah, exactly. It's like you guys watching the, this here now. You see the back of this and yeah. you see it's an iPad. But on the front, it's got all the information that I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I'm only showing you the back of the iPad. But on this side, there's so much more to my life. Sure. Nice analogy, bro. You should like, come there right now. <laughs> yeah, right here. Well done, man. <laughs> so like, we need to realize that Social media is showing us the back of this iPad. Mm. But they're well on put this together, side, friendly. It's the mess of so all our mess. notes. There's so much, and the, uh, like, so much to really understand yeah. before we can get to the nice side. Uh, I like it, bro. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, I think, again, like just holding to Christ as the center of our lives, mm. it will protect us from jealousy. It'll protect us from anger. It'll protect us from finger pointing. Um, and maybe it'll make us pray more for people who are living better lives, it looks like, <coughs> than yeah. us, you know. So I think I think you, you fight the pull to social media, the pull to wasting hours and hours on social media, the, the joy it steals or the self-promotion that you do. Um, it, 
by making Christ the center, and it, it therefore puts social media in its right place, yeah. underneath Christ as King. I submit my social media to you. I submit my posts about my life. Lord, am I being prideful here, or am I just celebrating a fun activity? Yeah. You know, and like, social media is good. Like, we can't. Well, how you use it, but like, it yeah, is. It's good, a. Yeah. It's from God, right? Every good idea every good thing is from god yeah. and it can be used for good we can reach people who can't be reached because of distance and stuff so social media is good if we use it right just as sex is good it's a wonderful gift from god but if you abuse it if you use it in the wrong places it's it's not it's not good yeah so social media it's not from the devil it's not evil but you can let the devil play in that space yeah. and steal your joy and steal from your time with God. Yeah. I think I think that's it from me. I, I'm it's in in Brad's words, I could keep riffing all day about this. <coughs> but uh, my old man word, yeah. Uh, and we do have to wrap this up, otherwise we'll just keep talking. Any final words from you, buddy? I think for me, I just I want to leave it on that whole like social media is the good side. Mm. There's so much more information behind it, <laughs> like and mess behind what's there. Yeah. And if we can remember, like. Our lives are centered on Christ. Mm. That mess is there. It's with Him too. And He's helping mm. us to, to bring that mess to a more neater mess. Yeah. He's not going to take the whole mess away. Mm. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that Christ will make life easy. Yeah. But He's going to help us to clean that mess and to make it point in a, in a direction that is glorifying to Him. So good. Yeah. So okay. I think that's where I'm also... Landing, landing the plane. plane. <laughs> <laughs> I think you owe me a soda. I owe you a soda for that one. Jinx. Nah, now you owe me a soda. A soda. Are we American? Why do you say soda? A, a Coke. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So, Seb, thank you. Uh, great thoughts. You're preaching on this on um, at Youth on tomorrow? Yeah, on Friday. Oh, so, Friday. Yeah. Well, when people hear this, it would have been last Friday. It would have been two. Two weeks ago. Yeah, we were recording early. Yeah, we've got a yeah. busy week coming up. So, but Seb, just thank you so much uh, for putting in work to this. I really pray and hope that uh, your talk to the youth goes well. Thank I hope you. this helped order some thoughts and we look forward to hearing how the talk went. Yeah, I'm excited to do the talk. And actually, guys, Brett's also got two, two talks next week on, on community, which is yeah. a very, very much part of who Christ is, community. Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck for those as well. You can be praying for us when you yeah. hear this. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers. Guys.